Bitcoin comes crashing down as the Fed reversing course and is square a buy. This is the Running With The Money podcast. Let's get into it. And, well, we're back. It's a Wednesday in the markets. The market seeing a little bit of downside here with the Dow Jones finishing today down 164 points to NASDAQ, down 3, the S&P 500 down 12, and the Rust 2K down 17. Meanwhile, the VIX spiking a bit, up 3.94%. So what is going on in the markets today? Well, it's all about the crypto. The cryptocurrency market, and specifically Bitcoin, is coming down quickly. It's crashing. In fact, Bitcoin hit 30,000 at one point today. I mean, huge declines in the cryptocurrency market. And well, was it expected? I was somewhat expecting it, but this all comes after a series of bad events for the cryptocurrency market and specifically Bitcoin. Last week, we had Elon Musk pretty much imply that he was done with Bitcoin. Tesla was done with Bitcoin um, until it was more efficient on the energy front. Tesla was no longer accepting payments through Bitcoin. That immediately sent Bitcoin lower. And then Elon Musk commented on Twitter later on. And he was like, okay, guys, um, I believe he said indeed to a comment. I'm talking about Tesla selling in the reaction to the sales of Bitcoin in the next quarter, implying that later uh, Tesla might just sell out of its entire Bitcoin position. And then Square came out and said, uh, yeah, we're not buying any more Bitcoin. Uh, we took that $20 million loss on it last quarter, and we're just uneasy about it now. And then now we are getting a China crackdown. People are fearing that the governments are going to crack down on cryptocurrency. And, well, that is the rumor. China cracking down in the past few days. Um, so, apparently, uh, Bitcoin's not as loved as everyone thought it was at one point just a few weeks ago. And this is why my Bitcoin exposure was only just about 2% of my overall portfolio. I did sell that exposure. Um, I did sell my position in Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. Just to let you all know, to be fully transparent, I sold it today. Um, really because I was no longer bullish on it. I no longer was bullish on Bitcoin Um enough to have a position in it. I like the overall thesis of Bitcoin. Don't get me wrong. I do believe it is going to be the digital version of gold, but I think it's going to take quite a while, as I have said before, for that to actually come to fruition. For Bitcoin to actually start holding value, I think it's going to take quite a while. It's going to take a lot of companies to adopt it and a lot of mega holders that will not sell. And right now, we're simply not seeing that. Um, we're not seeing that stability such that gold has. Um, and I really think it's going to take a while to get there, but I do think it eventually gets there. So I'm not willing to put my money somewhere and wait that long for Bitcoin to become a digital gold in all these investors' minds. I'm simply not willing to do that. Um, and that capital can be used to buy the dip in these market dips, people. It's never bad to buy the dip, in my opinion, um, especially if it's in a fundamentally great name. Now, yeah, you can buy the dip and lose, um, but if you're investing in a crappy name, it's probably going to happen. Uh, but in the long run, if you have that long-term mindset, was as we have talked about, and you're investing in a fundamentally strong name backed by growth and an excellent management team, um, uh, the two factors of the many that go in to a company and a stock, then you're likely, in all likelihood, um, your buy the dip attitude is going to work out in the long run. But Bitcoin, that's where it's at right now. 
All the bad news continues to come out on it. The market-fearing regulation, higher taxes on crypto, and I do believe those are significant risks to the market and definitely something to pay attention to if you're in the cryptocurrency market. Now, shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day, Barclays lowered its price target on Apple to 134 from 138 Now, yes, it's only $4, but I think this is complete, I, I would say, um, bull crap. I'm not going to use the expletive. Uh, I do think it is a bit ridiculous. They cited lower services growth and app store risk. Now, yeah, I do think there are some risks to the app store, but I believe the court ruling will go Apple's way. Why? Because it's simply not a monopoly. Apple is charging, I believe, a 30% last I checked fee on the funds going through an app. So the revenues, the profits that an app makes, they get 30% cut. Now, why would they do that? Well, the App Store is huge. It's one of the biggest consumer bases in the technology world. So Apple, that is their form of charge to these companies that want to get access to their massive platform of customers. I mean, it is literally just like Facebook charging customers for advertisements because those advertisement advertisements give companies access to Facebook's consumer base or their customer base. So I think it's a bit ridiculous or their user base. I think it's a bit ridiculous that people are calling this a monopoly. I simply think that companies are in it against Apple simply to, well, make a little more profit at the end of the day. And I find it ridiculous that Barclays is downgrading on cited, they cited services growth, um, slower services growth. Services are on the way up, not on the way down. I think Barclays is wrong here. I am a long-term holder of Apple. That ecosystem has a ton of those services within it that people love and are going to keep on using. So I disagree with Barclays. Now, Morgan Stanley upgraded Salesforce to overweight from equal weight. I like it. If you take a look at Salesforce right now, but Salesforce is trading at $220 per share, and that's way down off those highs of $280. It's been in a downward channel, and it seems to be finding a bottom right around $200 to $210. Um, so I do like its current price point. The valuation is not too bad. A price to earnings of around 50 times, and the price to sales also isn't too bad. Um, and really, a lot of the upgrades on Salesforce in the past few months and weeks and days have been on the improvement of Slack as a company. They've seen quite a bit of growth since the acquisition was announced. And this is good news. Slack is improving. Salesforce is getting an excellent company. And I do truly believe that Salesforce is going to be huge in the future. Morgan Stanley citing the ramping up of the digital transformation um, throughout the corporate and business world. I love to see it. I think Salesforce is a buy. I agree with Morgan Stanley on this one. Barclays upgrading General Electric as a top pick. I like it. It's an industrial. And I do believe with the fear of inflation continuing on, I do believe inflation is going to continue to be an issue for years to come. And as the economy reopens and grows, and if we even get an infrastructure package out of the government within the next few years, you could possibly see the industrials rally even more. And I do think you are going to see it. Bank of America upgraded a buy rating on Walmart. I like it. They delivered solid earnings and well, they impressed investors, but the stock still went down on a few minute details. So I like Walmart. Go check it out. Dig through those earnings numbers. 
definitely a great one to check out. And they're underestimated on the e-commerce front. They're just under Amazon. They're like the second biggest e-commerce player out there. So I do like Walmart. And then Jeffries assumed Netflix as a buy. I continue to like Netflix. I like Disney more because of Disney Plus, but I do think Netflix is going to be a top three, top for streaming company for many, many years to come. And now shifting into the Fed. The Fed, the Fed, the Fed. The Fed has been the topic for weeks now, for months now. And really, what does it all come down to? It comes down to inflation and the propping up of the markets through the Fed's bond buying and easy policy. And well, what is the Fed doing? Well, today, the Fed officials um, released the minutes to the April meeting. And in those minutes, it's basically a summary of it. On quote, the minutes said a number of participants suggested that if the economy continued to make rapid progress towards the committee's goals, it might be appropriate at some point in upcoming meetings to begin discussing a plan for adjusting the pace of asset purchases. Now, um, this worried the markets and well, we have an expert to speak on it because um, Alliance Advisor and former PIMCO CEO Mohamed Alarian said, "On quote, this is the market's worried that the Fed will be late. And that's why you get the market itself starting to question the liquidity paradigm, because if the Fed turns out to be late, then the Fed may have to slam the brakes. So he's referring to inflation here. He's saying if the Fed is late to inflation and basically halting the speed of inflation and stopping it from getting any worse, he said they're going to have to slam the brakes and the market is not going to like that. And that is likely why we are seeing the selling that we have been seeing in the past few weeks. And I agree. And I think the Fed is going to be late. But the Fed could prove me wrong. The Fed could literally prove to investors right now if they truly believe that inflation at its current state is simply a transition state of inflation from the closing to the reopening of the economy. If they believe that's all it is, then prove us investors wrong. Prove to investors that this is just truly transitional inflation. And if you do that, then well, the market will likely see that as a positive. But until then, the market is going to fear inflation and investors need to be aware of that. Now, Shifting into the Square breakdown, we're going to talk about Square. Square reported earnings numbers not too long ago in the past few weeks, um, and those numbers were quite solid, but the stock just hasn't been performing well. In fact, if you take a look at Square, it has really been underperforming the broader market, especially the indexes. You see that in the past three months, Square is down 26%. On a year-to-date basis, it's down 8%. On a one-month basis, it's down 18%. It's far off those highs of over 200 170 all the way down at 198 is its current price point. So we're going to dig into it. Its market cap is right around $90 billion in its current price being um, in the public markets. Now, Square ticker symbol SQ is a major financial technology company that offers customers a quote e-commerce ecosystem in that enables users to create and grow businesses. Furthermore, the company offers Square Cash, Square Cash app, and cryptocurrency features. Now, in recent news, Square announced a $2 billion offering of senior notes, in turn creating downside acceleration to the stock. Well, investors don't quite like offerings. Why? Because they dilute shareholders almost always. So really, investors, they weren't really surprised, but they also weren't uh, well accepting of this 
offering out of Square that was actually just announced yesterday. Now, according to management, the funds will be used for, quote, general corporate purchases and possible acquisitions, transactions, capital expenditures, and basic investment capital. So are we to expect another acquisition out of Square in the future? Possibly. You never know. Now, on a final news note, Square also announced that the company will no longer be purchasing Bitcoin. As we mentioned earlier in the show, according to management, this comes after a $20 million loss from their original $220 million investment in Bitcoin in the previous quarter. So they suffered a $20 million hit and they were like, yeah, we're not too happy about this Bitcoin thing. We're going to slow the brakes here. Now, shifting into management, Square is led, if you don't know, by CEO Jack Dorsey, the co-founder and CEO of Twitter. Dorsey is a major technology icon, a very smart man who has worked within the industry since founding Twitter in 2006. Now, shifting into the acquisition front, Square is definitely involved and announced the acquisition of Tidal, a global music and entertainment platform that connects fans and artists through unique music and a bunch of other crazy features. Now, the deal is $297 million in total and is a combination of cash and stock. Honestly, I do believe that this title deal is a bit out there. I think it's slightly unrelated from the markets, but I do believe Square can make it work and probably make it something that's very profitable for the company going forward. Now, Shifting into leadership and their notes on this acquisition, they believe that um, this targets the company's purpose of, quote, economic empowerment. And furthermore, that the industry, the music industry, will be a major part of the economy in the future. Now, digging into the numbers, Square beat Q1 2021 expectations um, in the previous quarter, Q1 2021, with an EPS of 41 cents, better than the analyst EPS consensus estimate of 16 cents. On a year-over-year basis, guess what? EPS improved by 2,150%. Gotta love it. Now, on the revenues front, net revenue increased by 266% year-over-year, bringing total revenues to a strong $5.06 billion. Although, it is important to note that excluding Bitcoin, net revenues only totaled $1.55 billion, but that's still 44% growth year over year. So I'm not mad about it. Now, expanding on revenues, subscription and services-based revenues increased by 88% year over year to $558 million. Now, if we shift into the profit front, gross profit is always important. Um, gross profit for the quarter totaled $964 million, um, and that is a strong increase of 79% over the previous year's Q1 2020 gross profit level of $539 million. Now, breaking down profits, Square's seller ecosystem produced $468 million in gross profit. That's up 32% year over year, and the company's cash app service generated $495 million in gross profit, and that is a huge 171% increase year over year. So big growth here in profits and revenues and EPS, everything we love to see in an earnings report. Now, if we shift over in the income, net income, well, that improved significantly as well, totaling $39 million in Q1 2021. Now, that's a big improvement over the negative $106 million in Q1 2020, but it's not done yet because if you really dig into net income, you will see that the actual net income 
income, excluding the expenses from investments in DoorDash and Bitcoin, was $88 million. So Square here, big improvements in net income and gross profit and revenues and EPS in the customer base, everything we love to see. Now, adjusted EBITDA improved significantly as well, jumping from just $9 million in Q1 of 2020 to a strong $236 million in Q1 2021. Now, this was driven by Square's seller and cash app ecosystems, which saw significant growth. And management is continuing to be upbeat and expect growth in the future in both of those ecosystems. And they expect a boost from the reopening of the United States, especially as travel picks up, which is even better for Square. Now, if we shift into the balance sheet, the numbers, well, they're not bad whatsoever. They're quite solid. Total debt of $3.7 billion. Total liabilities of $9 billion. Total assets of $11.3 billion. And a cash to short-term investments level of $3.667 billion. Now, yes, the valuation is lofty. The price to earnings is 329 times. The forward price to earnings is 95 times. The price to book is 39 times. And the price to cash flow is 338 times. But guess what? The price to sales is 6.56 times. And compared to competitors in the space, compared to industry peers, that price to sales is not bad whatsoever. So the valuation is lofty, but it's not out of hand. Now, management has been effective as as well, with a return on equity of 17.37%, a return on assets of 4.13%, and a return on invested capital of 7.32%. Now, given the numbers, the analysts, they're bullish with a mean price target of $283.56 per share, and that's a 41.70% upside if the price target is met. Now, the high price target, $380 per share, this is an 89.90% gain from its current price, and the low price target, well, 160 bucks per share, and that's a 20% downside. So the analyst overall bullish. The big money is quite involved as well, with 70.25% of Square being owned by institutions. Top boards include the Vanguard Group, Morgan Stanley Investment Management, and of course, Fidelity Management and Research. Now, on a technical basis, um, you can go get the full technical breakdown of Square on runningwiththemoney.com under the analysis tab. Check it out. All of the breakdowns that I and the team kick out are there, all written, all correlated on time on a time basis. Um, and we always do updates on companies that we've previously broken down after um, a few earnings reports. So definitely go check all of those out in the technical breakdown for Square. But I will do one technical note here. So if you take a look at the charts of Square, it's been choppy the past few months and it's created a solid support right around 200 bucks a share, but it's starting to break down through that. And if it truly breaks down through that level, just below it, literally the stock is bouncing off of them right now are the 200-day SMA and EMA. And if it breaks down both through that support at 200 bucks and then that 200-day moving average, um, you could have uh, a lot more downside. There's not much support below that um, until I would say you all the way down around 150 range. So definitely um, be careful here and wait for the confirmation of a bounce off of those two levels prior to initiating a new position if you are not yet in the name and want to get in. Now, while largely the positives outweigh the negatives with Square. The recent $2 billion offering, as we talked about earlier, the tar, uh, the title acquisition, which is a bit off-brand, and the Bitcoin losses are creating quite a bit investor unease, and that could be why you're seeing some more accelerated downside in Square. Um, and they could pose risk in the future. But in short, Square, ticker sign SQ, is a leader in the fintech space that boasts expanding revenues and profits, a growing customer base, reliable 
table management team in a significant product line. Um, and I do believe that Square continues to grow in the future. I think if you are going into the fintech space, you pick up one of two companies immediately, PayPal or Square. I think both, both are excellent. And if you don't want to choose, simply split that fintech allocation out of your portfolio, 50-50 PayPal Square, and you'll be targeting the space pretty darn well. Now, before we go, we have to talk about the broader markets. What is going on? Well, the semiconductors, some communication names were strong today. I'm seeing opportunities all over the place. And a lot of those high-flying tech names, a few that come to mind are Unity, what we just talked about, Square, Shopify, Amazon. Those names are all excellent. And I think you can go long them. Now, the industrials, I still tend to favor. I like that General Electric, the Honeywell, the Boeing. I like those companies. And I think they are going to continue to do well in the future. There's so many opportunities um, that it is crazy. Semiconductors are the place to be. Even though they were green today, they are still doing um, quite well on the terms of, you know, they haven't really rallied yet. And I do believe that you could pick those semiconductors up now and it's a solid price point. They had that huge rally months ago and now they've been flat for a few months. Um, they've consolidated quite a bit, you know, six, seven months. And now you could potentially see more upside in those names. So, Take, uh, not take two, but Marvell. You see AMD, NVIDIA. All of those names are very solid. Texas Instruments, Taiwan Semi. I mean, the list goes on. Micron, Applied Materials. All of those semiconductor names are solid names to check out if you're interested in the semi space, and you should be because it is a foundation of the new economy as we talked about in the previous episode. Go check it out. But this is the conclusion of a Running With The Money episode. Wednesday, a beautiful day, a lot of opportunities this morning. So definitely go to runningwiththemoney.com to expand on your research about a lot of individual names, get my free top picks, and get free analysis of the overall market as well. Um, and hopefully in the future, you will start to learn if you're a newer investor, what it takes to analyze a company. The breakdowns are not a full analyzation of the company. They're there to get you started. And if you read through them, it is a good foundation to start your research journey on individual names. So thank you for listening to another episode of the Running With The Money podcast. I will be back on Friday to talk the markets per usual. But until then, eat, sleep, profit, trade on, and do the research before buying. See you then.